0: What's the worst lead in hockey? If you ask the Winnipeg Jets, it's definitely a two-goal lead as we unpack a crazy win for the Minnesota Wild over the Winnipeg Jets today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, we are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we recap the crazy 6-5 win in overtime for the Minnesota Wild. We look at how the Wild were able to complete the comeback, some of the positives and negatives to take away from the game, and a couple of big questions that need to be answered the rest of the season. So a lot to unpack after one of the craziest games over the last couple of years that we've seen. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked On Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, uh, having covered Minnesota sports for over the last decade, and helming my first full season of coverage as a host of Locked On Wild. Happy to have you along for a Wednesday edition of the show. We are recording this late on Tuesday night, still trying to wrap our heads around what happened for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, at the XL Energy Center, six to five, the final score uh, for the Wilds. They get the win in overtime, and uh, th- there's just there's so many things to take away from this game. But let's start with maybe the most inspiring and uh, and the biggest thing. You know, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, of watching Scott Van Pelt's Sports Center. On, uh, on ESPN, you know, the late-night one. You get home from work, get home from uh, some late nights um, at the office, and uh, you have a chance to take in Scott Van Pelt's Sports Center. And one of the things that he does that I think is just so brilliant is his one big thing. And if you want to kind of use that same method to pull one big thing away from this uh, Minnesota Wild win last night, um... This Wild team is never out of a game. And just from a like top level, before we start to really dive in, from a top level, the Wild did not have their best stuff tonight. They committed too many penalties. Cam Talbot was not on his game, and the defense did not really help him out that much. Um, the Wild made a lot of turnovers in, uh, in their own zone. And uh, that led to a lot of great chances for Winnipeg, and an empty netter in the third period. It looked like this was going to be a uh, a rough night for the Minnesota Wild in their home opener, and that they were going to uh, you know have to start to look at what has happened uh, to the team against the Winnipeg Jets over the last couple of years. The last time they faced the Jets, they were eliminated from the playoffs in the bubble, so uh, not uh, not a great you know, potentially great night for the uh, for the Wild, but as good teams do, and that is another piece to pull away from tonight's game, as good teams do, the Wild were able to rally, they were able to tie the game, and they were able to win it in overtime because they got, despite Cam Talbot not having his best night, they got the one save that they needed in overtime, The two-on-one coming down towards Talbot. He makes an amazing save, and the Wild are able to take the rebound the rest of the way. A three-on-one tic-tac-toe with Zuccarello, Kaprizov, and Jewel Eriksanek, and they're able to light the lamp and give the Wild a win that a lot of people assumed was not going to happen. That's what good teams do, and that is what this team is. Teams that are good are able to overcome odds and still win games. If you look at this Minnesota Wild squad from within the last, you know, 2 or 3 years even before this year, this is not a game that they would have won because past Wild teams have focused exclusively on playing good defense and uh, getting good goaltending and winning games in, uh, in gritty fashion by scores of 3-2, to 2-1, two, two to one. Um, it, scores like that. They were not a team that put a lot of goals on the board because they didn't have true game-breaker-type players. And so a couple of years ago, four years ago, this is not a game that the Wild would have won. There were too many obstacles for them to overcome in order to win this game. Too many penalties, too many power play opportunities, for the Winnipeg Jets that they capitalized on. This is not a game that previous Wild teams would have won. And yet, this year's Wild team came down to the wire, came into the third period trailing. Winnipeg got a goal to make it 5-3. to three. And at that point, it looked as though things were pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered uh, for the Wild. But they did not quit Marcus Fellino and Julie eriksson able to give the Wild a goal to get them within one, and the game-tying goal with under a minute to play in regulation. And then Julie Eriksson-Eck gets the game winner in overtime. This Wild team has made this a common occurrence over the last couple of seasons, and that is because they have developed game-breaking talent. This Wild team has players in Kirill Kaprizov, Kevin Fiala, who can take over games on their own and players that are just under that level of play in Matt Zuccarello and Jewel eriksson that can assist on the nights where those two do not necessarily light it up. The Wild have enough talent to where they need to be considered major players every single game of the season. And what we saw tonight is not by accident. This is what good teams do when they don't have the winning formula on a given night. They find a way to overcome adversity and to win. And that is exactly what the Minnesota Wild did tonight. Credit to Winnipeg. They came in shorthanded tonight. They were without Blake Wheeler. They came in with just 11 forwards. And... They did a lot of good things here tonight. They capitalized on wild mistakes. They took advantage of power play opportunities, which was something that they had not done, uh, at least early on in the season. They took advantage of power play opportunities here tonight. They were able to get a couple of goals past Cam Talbot, and they put themselves in an opportunity to win. But that is the difference between Winnipeg and the wild, is that the wild found themselves down in the third period and they were able to muster up enough to tie the game and to win it in overtime this is what good teams do and this is the thing that you need to pull away from today's show is that a game like tonight shows how far the wild have come from being a team that is just a perennial good team good enough to make it into you know the first round of the playoffs and uh, to play good enough in the season to to be able to be in that conversation at the end of the year. Over the last two years now, we've seen a shift, and this wild team is entering the great team realm. They have entered the great team realm with what tonight's win did for them, a two-goal deficit in the third period, and they get it to overtime on a night where nothing was going right for them, That's what good teams do. And so that is the one big thing to take away from tonight's game is that the wild are not a good team. They are a great team. The wild have enough talent to make a serious run this year. And that is because of what they were able to do tonight, able to win when the odds were completely against them. And this is something that is going to carry on throughout the rest of the season which is why the Minnesota Wild can never be counted out of any game that they play in the rest of the way. So an unbelievable effort for the Minnesota Wild in tonight's game, and it leaves us with a couple of questions that we can pull away from tonight's effort and uh, and look at uh, the rest of the way, including um, whether or not Jewel Eriksson-Eck can make it as a top-line center for this team. We got our answer tonight. And so we will look at uh, the reason why and what exactly Jule Eriksson has done to unlock this top line. Uh, We will look at that. Plus, we're going to take a look at uh, whether or not Cam Talbot can continue to uh, lead this team um, in the net. If he is good enough to be able to get this team uh, to the level that they want to go. A couple of talkers to finish off today's show that is next you on Locked on Wild. This fall, Bilt Bar wants to help you celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know Bilt Bar has an amazing lineup of delicious flavors? They include coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you're looking for a flavor to start with, though, raspberry is definitely my go-to. But if you're not sure where you want to start, just grab a mixed box and you'll get two each of those delicious flavors. Not only are built bars amazing tasting, they're also healthy as well. Each built bar contains 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranges in calories from 130 to 180, contains only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing tasting, amazingly healthy. What's not to like about a built bar? So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, and again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. One of the questions that uh, I posed with Alex Micheletti the last time he was on the show is whether or not Jewel Erickson Eck was indeed what we could call a number one center uh, for this wild team. Obviously, uh, there was a lot of rumblings in the offseason as to whether or not Jack Eichel was a better fit for that role. If this uh, wild team has you know bigger aspirations to try to make Marco Rossi the number one center for this team. Well, I think, and yes, third game of the season, so we're not trying to get too over the top with uh, what happened, but third game of the season and uh, this s- top line for the Wilds, the Jewel Eriksson Ek, Kirill Kaprizov Matt Zuccarello line took over. Take a look at uh, what they were able to accomplish here tonight. Uh, these stats courtesy of uh, friend of the show, regular contributor, who will be coming back on here uh, soon, Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. The Kaprizov, Eriksson Eck, and Zuccarello line tonight uh, included their individual numbers, uh, Eriksson Ek had his first career hat trick. He was also 18 of 24 on faceoffs. Kaprizov had three assists, and Zuccarello had two goals and two assists. Uh, as a line in five-on-five situations, uh, this group had 10 minutes 13 seconds of ice time. They scored one goal together. They had a 63.48. Corsi four percentage, and again, Corsi four percentage is the rate at which your line um, c- controls the puck uh, during the course of uh, of the game. And fifty percent, you know, is average, is is right where you want it to be. And so, sixty three point four eight percent for that line specifically when they were out on the ice, and they had a couple of shifts. Where it was just an absolute, just grind it out type of performance in which they did not rel- uh, they did not surrender the puck, just could not get it out of the Winnipeg end, and this line absolutely hit another level here tonight. Um, they also had a um, expected goals for percentage of eighty eight point zero seven, which is also just ridiculous. Uh, they had uh, 10 scoring chances um, compared to two for the uh, the Jets' opponents while this line was on the ice. And they had uh, four high-danger chances uh, to none for the Jets uh, when this line was on the ice. So, again, shout-out to Brett Marshall for putting those stats together um, in a tweet that I uh, happened to find before the show started. So wanted to hit on that for sure um, for uh, – this episode and you know it just speaks to we we had kind of quiet at least from a numbers perspective uh nights to start off the season the first two nights of the year uh for those three but not a quiet night at all for uh, for those three guys um in uh, in their third win of the season and so the question that we got to um as the season was starting, is is Juul going to be good enough uh, to be the top line center for this team? And we we were getting to the point where you know it didn't seem like it was quite working, and you know you're you're getting Victor Rask taking shifts with Kaprizov and Zuccarello just to try to kind of get those guys going. Well, tonight, I think that he raised any doubts whatsoever that this line is capable of producing at a very very high number. Because let's let's just look at um at those those numbers that I threw at you. Uh Juul Eriksonet going 18 of 24 on faceoffs. That is massive. Winning faceoffs at a 75% clip for a team that has really really struggled to win faceoffs over the last couple of seasons. The Wild dominated the faceoff circle against the Jets, out-outwinning them 36 to 26. And so you've got Erickson Eck, who is more than capable of winning faceoffs um, as the top line center, replacing Victor Rask, a guy who, you know, was was maybe slightly under 50%. And I know this is not going to be every night for Jewel Erickson Eck, but a guy who is, you know, you're going from a guy who is right around, you know, 35, 40% percent faceoff wins to a guy who can get you, you know, 45 to 50 and maybe even above that. That's a huge difference, especially if those happen later in the game. And so Ericssonek brings a, a good knack for winning faceoffs. Um he was able to he, he's able to and he benefited from uh with Marcus Fellino and uh and Jordan Greenway, he benefited from uh being able to cash in on a lot of rebounds uh right around the net and who better to just continuously cycle things through on the, uh, the offensive end than Kirill Kaprizov? And him and Zuccarello have just an unreal chemistry together. Who better to benefit from those guys just continuing to motor around the ice and being able to chip in uh, rebound attempts? And we saw it on full display in the overtime period. The, uh, the game winner, which uh, featured all three of those guys, getting in on the action on the three-on-one and a little tic-tac-toe. And um, it, it, just, it was just unbelievable um, to see things play out. And Actually, uh, I beg your pardon on that point, as Kevin Fiala was the uh, the other um, player who got the assist on the game winner. I thought it was Matt Succarello, but it was Kevin Fiala. But nonetheless, the point stands is that um, you look at Erickson X, three goals here tonight. Who assisted on the game tying goal? Uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. Who assisted on the game winner? Kirill Kaprizov. Who assisted on Erickson X first goal of the game that tied the score at two in the first period? Matt Zuccarello. So these guys are all involved and uh, and able to come together to help um, give this Wild team some juice. And they just absolutely ignited things uh, for the Wild here tonight. And uh, if they are able to do this even every couple of games, uh, this wild team is going to be very dangerous the rest of the way. And as I said at the open of the show, this wild team showed that they are not out of any game that they're playing in the rest of the way. It does not matter the deficit. This wild team just has a tendency to be able to come back from those deficits to win hockey games. And when you are going up against that, that's a very scary proposition. So huge credit to the wild for pulling out this win and huge credit to Jewel Erickson Ek for quieting a lot of doubters with his performance tonight as to whether or not he can stick on that top line as the top line center. I, I think the answer is a pretty emphatic. Yes. Uh, for this, uh, this line now that they got the confidence going and, um, going to be scary to see how they go once Kirill Kaprizov starts to put some pucks in the net. This could be a juggernaut, and uh, I am certainly fully ready for that. So uh, that's that's a look at Jule uh, Erickson X status as the top center for this team. Um, I, I think he can definitely stick there. Now we'll look as well at uh, whether or not we have a lot to read into Cam Talbot's performance in tonight's game. Uh, That is next to finish off the show here on Locked on Wild. BetOnline.ag is back, and they are better than ever. They've got a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, plus more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive that welcome bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, to NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wilds. And again, thank you for making Locked on Wilds your first listen every day. Continuing our breakdown of the Wilds 6-5 OT winner, the Wild, Wild winner um, in overtime against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Wild now 3-0 on the season. Uh, Winnipeg falls to 0-2-1. So we talked about uh, kind of the good thing that came from this game is that uh, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, Looks as though he is certainly ready to uh, to step in and take over uh, for this team. The, uh, the other side, I mean, you look at Cam Talbot's performance. And uh, he gave up five goals on 30 shots. Now, let's look at some of the variables that led to uh, the Wilds giving up as many goals as they did. Uh, the Wilds had uh, eight penalties in this game and so uh, Winnipeg had uh, several chances they in fact went two of six on power plays in this game and it was their first couple of power plays of the season so that accounts for um, that accounts for two of the five goals allowed um, the others and uh, the Jets you know, they had an empty netter waved off the board due to offsides in the third period. But um, there were a couple of goals that weren't necessarily Cam Talbot's fault, but there were a few others that uh, you'd like to think he would be able to stop on a nightly basis and just was not able to do that uh, here tonight. And so, you know, not one of his better games in, uh, in a Minnesota Wild uniform. Uh, and so with what he has been able to do over the last year plus, as a member of the Wild, definitely giving him the benefit of the doubt. And then I was just, it was an off night, you know, having started three games in a row to start off the season. Uh, and, you know, the other thing too, this is the first time the Wild have played a non West Division opponent uh, in over a year. So just seeing a new team, I'm sure, is, uh, is something that's going to take some getting used to, which is why we've seen so many weird results. Uh, to start off the season and so you know I, I can give Talbot a pass for that as well and that he's just not used to seeing other teams other than the um, the seven that the Wilds saw last year and to start off this year as well um, and so you look at you know you look at Talbot and what he is is he a goalie that can get you like get you on a run can he play well enough to uh, to get you deep into the playoffs and to take over a series when the offense starts to go quiet and uh, and get this team past the first round into the second you know into the Western Conference Finals into the Stanley Cup Final, um, is he capable of doing that? And you know I would counter that question by uh, by saying that do do we think the Wild need him to be that? This this is the same question I had this kind of epiphany um a week a couple of weeks ago with the Minnesota Vikings I was watching and a couple of friends were saying you know this is this is ridiculous like Mike Zimmer's a defensive coach um he he has all these great players on defense yet uh, yet why is the defense not playing at the level that we saw in 2017 and I just you know I heard all of those arguments and I thought to myself like do we need the Vikings defense to to play at that level every week I mean the Vikings have a pretty good offense you'd think if they can just get a couple of stops um here and there and if the offense continues to play at the level that it's capable of you don't need the team to be like uber defensive like wizardry you just need them to make a couple of plays and let the offense do its thing and I think we're at that same point with this Minnesota Wild team, is that we don't need this team to get perfect goaltending every night. We don't need them to have to win games 2-1 to one or one nothing Or, you know, sometimes 3-2 felt like just a daunting type win. Like, man, we expended a lot of energy uh, to try to get those three goals. That's not the makeup of this team anymore. This team is capable of scoring four, five, six goals a night, and doing so in very quick fashion. Doing so late in the game, and uh, and coming away with wins in overtime or late in regulation by simply just you know staying close. And I think we're at the point where we don't necessarily need Cam Talbot to give up, you know, one or two goals a night. If he gives up two or three, in some cases four. I think this team is going to be fine because if he can just make a couple of key saves a game, we saw that uh, in overtime. He had the huge save in overtime on the two-on-one, and the Wild were able to run it back the other way, get a three-on-one of their own to win the game. So if Talbot can just make a couple of huge saves per game, the Wild will be fine. This team has a good enough uh, core of defensemen. This team is elite offensively to where if they can just get saves at critical spots, I think this team's going to be able to make a huge run and to go pretty far. So if we, if we change our thinking to if we can get even middle-of-the-pack goaltending and can be in the top 10 offensively and defensively, we're going to be fine. Because a couple of years ago, the Minnesota Wild got to the playoffs with goaltending near the bottom of the list, and an offense that was worse than the offense that they have on the ice currently. The defense was the thing that pulled them through and a little bit of a run by Alex Stalock, but if this team can just get middle of the pack goaltending, can keep this offense at this level, and can get the defense that we expect that they will be able to play on uh, on a more often than not basis, then this team's going to be just fine. So if we just lower the bar a little bit for Talbot, he is capable, he showed it last year, he's capable of going on a run. And if we can just get him to make a couple of critical saves a game, I think we'll be fine. So this uh, turns out this game was pretty eye-opening and uh, and telling of things um, the rest of the way that we're going to uh, to need this team to be able to do. And they showed... That they're capable of it. Here tonight with just a unbelievably fun game. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was uh, I had some work things that I was doing, so I didn't get a chance to watch uh, the whole thing. I listened to the game um, on the way back into town. Definitely was uh, screaming a, a little bit in uh, in the car um, on the way back. So that was uh, that was just an unbelievable. Unbelievable game for the Minnesota wild three and and0 now on the season and a lot to be happy about with this team. And the other thing too, as we sign off here today, a team that I think we feel like has not started playing their best hockey yet. They still have room to improve and grow. And when they do that, The sky is truly the limit for this Minnesota Wild team. And that is today's episode of Locked on Wild. Now that you're finished with your first listen today, make sure to head over to Locked on NHL to get the full rundown of everything going on throughout the National Hockey League. Thank you uh, again for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow our social media channels as well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to stay up-to-date on all of the fresh content that we have coming out on a daily basis, uh, here to keep you up-to-date with your favorite team in the state of hockey. You can also catch new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.